So, um, just I want to explain this gospel, but um, so he takes them to Caesarea Philippi. That's important because that would have been the head of the Roman power, not Jerusalem. That was the religious power of the Jews. It was actually Caesarea Philippi, where the army was, all the great political power was. So imagine this. Imagine you are the disciples or the apostles, and this huge Roman, it was a huge Roman uh, city to power and military powers in the background. So it's this contrast. And he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter gets the right catechetical answer. Peter nailed it. You are the Christ. And then he openly teaches them that the Christ has to suffer, uh, be tortured, rejected, die, and in three days rise again. So you have this contrast of the way of Christ, God, is the way of death and resurrection that will have to be rejected and suffer um, and then rise to a whole new life. Christ is leading us through that versus Caesarea Philippi where um, it's about domination and power over other people. Two completely different ways of life. And so when... Um, Peter hears this. He doesn't like it. Um, and he takes Jesus aside and says, oh, nobody's going to like that message. Um, and so Jesus turns his back to Peter and calls him Satan. And the point of that is this. Um, you can get the right catechetical answer. You may know theology. You may have a PhD in theology, right? Big deal. Peter can get the right catechetical answer, but he can't live the right catechetical answer. To live the right catechetical answer is that, oh, I will follow Christ. I will die to myself, my ego. I will suffer for other people and God. Uh, that's a part that he can't live. So just imagine this. People can have the right very right catechetical orthodox answer but the way they live is not the right orthodox way of life what they're living is the way of satan which means no no i shouldn't have to suffer or change and it just reminds me like what's really popular in evangelical circles is the quote-unquote gospel of prosperity it, which if you don't know what that is do you guys know okay one person um the gospel of prosperity, like Oral Roberts said, um, God ain't poor no more. That Christ suffered, so I shouldn't ever have to suffer. Well, we'd say, well, Christ showed us the way to eternal life. But the gospel of prosperity, hugely prop popular among evangelicals, TV evangelists, that if you accept Jesus, Jesus is going to wipe away all your pain. Jesus is going to bless your bank account, make you prosperous, which doesn't mean full of life like the Bible means. It means wealthy. Does that make any sense? It's like, uh, that's Peter's, what Peter says. That actually Jesus calls Satan's way. So, yeah, they can claim that they love Jesus, but they refuse the way of death and resurrection. And don't think that I'm just picking on TV evangelists. There's this bishop I met who really, really nice guy, um, very sweet, very con con uh, cordial,
very nice, and so I was just kind of curious. So I asked a friend of mine um, who went to seminary with the bishop. They were very, very close friends. And he says about this bishop, he says, oh, yeah, he's, he was one of my closest friends for years. And he said, he really is a very nice guy. But he says, I'll tell you this about him. He will never suffer in the slightest. If there's ever a problem, he will never take care of it because that would cost him. He will never work in a soup kitchen. He will never do anything that causes him any pain. Um, and therefore, everything goes amok. He says, he is a really nice guy, but never will he suffer for anybody else. So whose theology is that? Um, really, whose theology is that? If we say Christ, Jesus is the Christ, then we're going to follow his way of the cross. And yeah, that means it's not the gospel of prosperity where Jesus give me everything. It's we will suffer for others. And so I just want to, before I bore you to death, the first reading about Noah, I want to talk about Noah. Because I saw this TV thing where uh, some people were uh, marching for life, a pro-life march. And these obnoxious interviewers come up and say, well, do you believe all life is sacred? And they said, yeah, we believe uh, God uh, loves all life. And so the interviewer says, then why did he wipe out so many people in, Noah, in uh, Noah's time? And the pro-life person didn't have an answer. It's like, oh, I wish I could have been there. So just to explain that, really, um, this sounds kind of strange. If you read it in the Hebrew, God doesn't wipe out life. This sounds kind of strange. Bible has this strange theology. Whatever you do to other people, you do to yourself. Whatever you do to creation, you do to uh, yourself. Whatever you do to God, you do to yourself. Um, so actually, human beings were committing such violence that nature erupted against it. And God permitted the uh, waters. He didn't wipe people out. Actually, our own violence wiped, wiped us out. Does that make any sense? So God permits us that and <clears throat> wipes out. So God in the uh, covenant to Noah gives us the rainbow. And the rainbow, think about the rainbow. It's like a, um, the great technology of the time was a bow and arrow. If the bow and arrow's bow is pointed towards you, it means destruction. But the rainbow, the bow, is actually curved this way, away from the earth. Which means um, God will permit us, but he will never permit us to destroy entirely the earth again. Does that make sense? So the bow is pointed away. Before, it was whatever violence comes, we'll completely suffer. Now God says, no, I'll, I'll prevent that. But, and this is the but everybody misses, but you will be held accountable. Did you notice in the reading he uses the word accountable a lot? You will be accountable for the life that you destroyed. So the rainbow is a symbol of life, but it's also a symbol of accountability. That we will be held accountable how we defended life. So I, I actually really like that. At the end of my life, I do want to be held accountable. I also want to be held accountable. I really do. I want to be held accountable. Like, I'm really, I know I'm kind of bright. I love theology. I have a lot of catechetical answers. Big deal. At the end of my life, I will be held accountable. 
did I follow the way of Christ? Uh, did I follow the way of sacrificing uh, myself, my ego, my all this other stuff? Really, for the resurrection, life. And so, like the rainbow, all of us, if you look at a rainbow, we'll be held accountable. And if you claim that Jesus is the Christ, then you follow him. Right? You're willing to suffer for other people. Otherwise, you have the right catechetical answer, but you refuse to live the right way. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially. Your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comment section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.